You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome in. Happy Dubas Day, everybody. It is Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack. We're recording this, oh, about 20 minutes after Kyle Dubas got done introducing himself to the Pittsburgh media. Not in Pittsburgh, but very much a part of the Pittsburgh hockey media. Dan Kingersky, who joins me live with a humble flex there as you see him in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. If you're watching the show on YouTube, Go to the 93.7 The Fan channel and subscribe there. You'll get new episodes of Fifth Avenue Faceoff on YouTube as soon as they are available. You prefer the audio-only version? I don't understand why with that beautiful view from Dan's hotel room and of this face right here. Why would you prefer the audio-only? Go to your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just tap the little follow button up there in the upper right-hand corner and you'll get notified of new episodes as soon as they are ready, just like you were notified of this one on Thursday afternoon. As soon as we got done with it, you said, hey, how did this all happen? Why did it take so long? And where do we go from here now that Kyle Dubas, wonder kid, is in charge of not just the general manager position for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but hockey ops, director of hockey operations, which means there's a lot to do in the next few days and weeks for him, including hiring a new GM, getting ready for the draft and free agency. And Dan, before we look forward, you guys did great reporting on this uh, throughout the whole process at at Pittsburgh Hockey now. So I'll ask you, you. uh, how how did this go down? Why did it take so long? And I guess unravel a, a layer or two of the onion that got Kyle Dubas from interviewing for a general manager position, at least that's what we thought it was, to accepting the role of director of hockey ops for the Pittsburgh Penguins today. Well, boy, that could take up the entire 20 minutes or half an hour, <laughs> couldn't it? it? It took so long, and and I don't want to be too too critical of, of the Fenway group, but uh, I don't think Pittsburgh fans or people know uh, who Tom Kennedy is. And that's the president of the Boston Red Sox. He was kind mm-hmm. of brought into the process. And I think we were the only ones to report that uh, earlier this week that, you know, he was kind of maybe uh, one of the pieces of the puzzle that no one knew existed. And, uh, you know, a source uh, tipped us off to that. So, I mean, really, FSG was using a giant network of, of people inside and outside of hockey they didn't start at square one chris they had to actually ask directions to get to square (laughs) one they were asking people they interviewed for positions outside hockey hey what do you think we should be looking for who do you think we should talk to for you know pittsburgh general manager or, or president they really were asking everybody 
on on where to go. The NHL was offering advice on the president of hockey operations. And, uh, you know, the, the process probably took a solid four to five weeks. And in that process, you know, they, they kind of whittled it down. You know, we knew the finalists, right? Steve Greeley, right. Matthew Darsh, Jason Botterill. Uh, who am I forgetting? You know, I know Dan McKinnon of New Jersey was, was also in there. I feel like I'm missing somebody, but. I think uh, you've got the major players, a lot of them with, with ties to the Penguins organization at some point in their past too. Yeah. Uh, but, and then Kyle Dubas kind of becomes available. Mm-hmm. So we learned from the press conference that FSG didn't wait very long. They asked Toronto literally either that afternoon or the next morning, if they could talk to Dubas they make the phone call a day after the guy gets fired, which would have been, you know, I'm not sure if that's Friday or Saturday morning. And, and the process starts. It kind of sounds like a, a complete family decision on Dubas's part. You know, the yeah. interview talks with uh, Crosby, Mike Sullivan multiple times. His wife, you know, as you you know, with with a, a full family, a couple of kids, his wife's like, well, we have to move. Yep. If we're going to do it, let's do it now while the kids are young. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I think it, it, it makes great sense for Dubas, uh, you know, to put down some roots here. It's a good city for a family. And, and that's kind of how we got here. So what's interesting to me is that you mentioned Sam Kennedy. Um, and Sam Kennedy, like you mentioned, is actually president of the Red Sox. Okay. So this is Fenway now reaching out, not in, in, as many different directions as they can find. It's like water trying to find its way to the Gulf of Mexico and you get the Mississippi <laughs> River Delta, right? Like we're just going to spread out as far and wide as we can. Great, and, great analogy, by the way. Thank you. I, I've, I've practiced my analogies over the last few weeks. I've had a little extra time on my hands. So as the Mississippi River Delta is created, they find that the one, the, the one path to the Gulf that makes the most sense is, well, Sam Kennedy. And he reaches out to Kyle Dubas. The reason I bring this up is because what it's what's striking to me is that when you bring up the analytics background that does exist for Kyle Dubas, how he at least embraces them, right? He's not going to hold them at arm's length, much like Ron Hextall did. Um, that this very much smells to me like Fenway wanted to find their Theo Epstein of hockey. And that's what this is. You know, you think of Theo Epstein coming in young to the the role that he came into with the Red Sox being looked at as cutting edge, even though he wasn't necessarily cutting edge, he was just embracing the information that was available to him and then really building something that was able to sustain itself once he moved on. And once he moved upward, this is bringing in Kyle Dubas. This isn't just, hey, let's find somebody to handle the draft and free agency for us for the next few years. This is this is the guy that's going to lay the organizational framework for the next decade. I agree with all of that. And it's interesting to note early in the process, John Henry, of course, you know, a famed FSG owner consulted. At least that's the scuttlebutt around the offices there in Boston was that. You know, one of the first people he talked to was, in fact, Theo Epstein, who's now a, a Major League Baseball mm-hmm. consultant. We were actually told that maybe he was a candidate. We're like, wait a second. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're guessing he just talked to him, you know, kind of for some structure and, and framework. But you're exactly correct. This is a foundational, a transformational hire by FSG. I mean, it, it took six weeks 
I think they got it right. I think they got the right type of person. There will be mistakes, especially here in this next couple or a few years. It's very rocky terrain. They're going to try to pull off something really no one else has, and that is a smooth transition from a Stanley Cup winning and caliber core to the next chapter. I mean, the L.A. Kings maybe did it the best recently, and they still missed the playoffs, I think, in four or five years. Yeah. But now they're they're kind of back and on the right track. It's, you know, Chicago, six years of of real suckitude. And, mm-hmm. and the Ottawa Senators have been, you know, missing the playoffs for six, seven years now as well. And Detroit, it's a decade. Let me stop you at Ottawa. Let me stop you at Ottawa. Because that was something we heard Elliot Friedman mention over the weekend, right? Uh, the idea of the Ottawa Senators, because there's new ownership going to come in, that maybe the idea of of bringing in Kyle Dubas and letting him run the hockey operations there was something that they would consider. And maybe that was something that Dubas was actually interested in. There was the thought that maybe Dubas just isn't as interested in the Penguins' job as maybe we all assume people should be, right? Because the Penguins' job, at least in some people's eyes, I've heard this from people around the league, they look at it and say, well, they're asking whoever this person is to serve two masters, right? You've Mm got to compete for a cup now but you've also got to build for the future. Like you talked about, try and smooth out that transition from the big three to the next generation and not skip a beat doing it somehow. And maybe that's not an attractive position for someone because they saw what it just did to Ron Hextall when he wanted to come in and presumably tear things down and they wouldn't let him do it. Uh, So I I think there were the two thoughts of, Hey, maybe Dubas isn't as interested as we think he should be. Maybe Dubas is positioning himself to get a better deal somewhere else where the where the farm system's already stocked up and the prospect pool has been put in place like Ottawa. Or maybe Dubas is just negotiating for more from the Penguins. That third line of thinking starts to gain some credence when you see a guy become the director of hockey ops and not just the general manager. Is that your sense that maybe the last couple of weeks were part of negotiating for Dubas and saying, hey, I don't just want to be GM. I, I, I want to oversee the whole damn thing because I want the show to be mine. You know, I, I don't put a cynical tone on it, though. I, I know some in Canada uh, have kind of, you know, uh, put that in a negative light that maybe mm-hmm. he was, you know, posturing or negotiating. I, I don't see it necessarily in the same vein, although I think that was the end result. I think this was a guy who was rocked by the loss to the Florida Panthers. I think this was a guy who was maybe rattled a little bit by the end of his tenure in Toronto. I think he did want more power. Uh, You know, Toronto has a very um, layered ownership and management Mm -hmm. structure. It's bureaucratic, uh, to say the least. And I don't think it's a bad thing to say, hey, I know what I'm doing. I know where a team has to get to. I know what this position needs to entail, and I want these these sorts of powers. I, I, you know, however you want to view that, whether it's kind of in that negative, like some in Toronto did, I kind of view it in a very genuine sort of way. Like, get out of my way. I got this. Here's what I want. So, uh, yeah, in, in that framework or ballpark, I, I think you're right. It, it's it. it interesting to me that everybody got what they wanted in this case, right? Like the Penguins got their man and Dubas got the position he wanted out from under maybe in a, it, look, 
they say everything happens for a reason, right? Um, and so maybe in Dubas's case, leaving Toronto, getting this opportunity in Pittsburgh happened for a reason, gets him out from underneath the, the Brendan Shanahan thumb. But now he's in place, and he talked uh, several times Thursday afternoon about how quickly they're going to have to ramp things up. He's going to serve yeah. as interim general manager as well while they press in the direction of searching for a new one, but that may not happen for another few weeks, maybe even by – might not even happen by the time free agency starts. You'd like to well, have no, that. It, place. it won't actually. Um, uh, Dubas is the interim GM until probably mid July or, or August because yeah, he's not going to get permission to talk to people this close to the draft and free agency. At this point, organizations will be like tough luck. Yeah. Willing to get rid of somebody. So with that being said, uh, how does that, I guess, affect the GM position once they do come around to hiring for it? He mentioned he wants someone progressive, I would imagine we end up with someone much like Kyle Dubas, who's young, uh, a little more analytically driven. Um, is that what we get in a GM position? Is it more, you know, does this open the the, the window back up to the analytic types, uh, the Sam Venturas of the world? Interesting. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, we will get kind of a mirror of, of Kyle Dubas. You're not going to see uh, a Mark Bergevin type jump into the gm role right uh, uh yeah but i i mean I, I guess we'll be publishing this i'm speaking to you before we publish on pittsburgh hockey now one of the names out of the running is jason botterill i would presume at least for the next six weeks or so steve Greeley and matthew darsh are, are are also out although you could see a couple of those guys reemerge when when uh, Dubas gets to conduct his own search because mm -hmm. my sense in his answer was he's going to start this from scratch or, or at least uh, do it his own way or, you know, conduct his own interviews and his own search. So yeah, I think you'll see some, I mean, I think Sam might be a little too analytics, right? He hasn't right. had to make hockey decisions just yet. So that would be maybe a, a big jump for a guy like Sam, although uh, I think his work in the hockey community certainly is is revered as cutting edge. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, you, it, you can see someone new. Yeah, and, and I think the, the line of thinking there would be, well, I, I'm overseeing the entire hockey operation, but I've also got the network of contacts needed to pick up a phone and make a call on July 1st or on uh, deadline day or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. I'll make the ultimate hockey decisions, but I want my GM to be the person who's steering that conversation toward me with what they've built, which may very well be very analytically driven. All of that aside, once the GM is in place, they're going to get through the draft. They're going to get through uh, the beginnings of free agency, at least with Kyle Dubas steering things. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go, because I imagine a lot of what, like Sullivan was pleased with and displeased with is going to steer things over the course of the next four to five weeks. Quote, Sully can coach forever. He's got no interest, Kyle Dubas, in sending Mike Sullivan and certainly no interest in sending Sidney Crosby on their respective ways. Those two guys were part of the reason he expressed that he ends up taking the job here in Pittsburgh. So um, how, how big of a role is Mike Sullivan going to have over the next four to five weeks? He's had a huge role and I would imagine evaluating personnel for the draft, especially, and perhaps even uh, possible free agents with the scouting department over the last four to six weeks. So uh, how, how do the next 
the next four to six weeks get handled. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, we've seen the Penguins already sign uh, Alex Nylander Mm -hmm. to a contract, and presumably that came from Mike Sullivan because there was no GM in place, and they gave an NHL contract. So, you know, somebody had to be like, hey, you know, uh, these decisions need to be made. We, we learned from the AHL meetings a few weeks ago, uh, a colleague of ours, Tony Andrakaitis, who covers uh, Wilkes-Barre and the Lehigh Valley Scranton or Le- Lehigh Valley uh, Flyers team pretty heavily, that, you know, the AHL people were talking about Mike Sullivan really pushing FSG to, to invest resources and rebuild what's become of the baby penguins because they really have fallen on hard times for the last few years. The team has been at best terrible. Mm. So, so Sullivan, you know, is, I guess maybe I'd make the analogy at least for the next six weeks, you're going to see a working relationship very close to what I imagine Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert having where someone gives the GM a grocery list and the GM goes shopping. And I kind of see, I see that playing out at least okay. in the short term. Um, Sid was a very big part of this as well. It, uh, that doesn't surprise anyone. I don't think that he, it, it, Kyle Dubas was very emphatic. One of the first things he said was that, you know, obviously Sid is still at the core of this thing. Um, do you get the sense that that's part of what sold Dubas on this? I guess is, you know, nobody sees Sidney Crosby as this ebullient, uh, outgoing uh, personality who's going to, you know, pal around with people, but he's such a thinker, I, I, I presume, that I imagine he was able to sit down and let's look, let's be honest, he's not far off in age from Kyle Dubas either. They were probably able to sit down and really talk about their shared vision for where this organization and this franchise goes. And so, how many of these decisions over the next four to six weeks and beyond are going to be driven by Sidney Crosby, to be honest? What was that word? Ebullient? Ebullient. Oh, a bullion. I was like, wow, that's a new, I need to look that up. <laughs> Cheerful and full of energy. A bullion. Yes, yes. Yeah. That word I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, You're a wordsmith. You're familiar with all the words, Dan. But yeah, do you, no one's ever called me that, but okay. <laughs> you, you get the sense that Sidney Crosby, as much as Mike Sullivan, as much as Kyle Dubas, are going to drive these big decisions, at least over the course of the next few weeks and months. I, I think anybody who would discount Sidney Crosby's opinion on anything hockey would do so at their own peril. Right. You're right. He's a he is a thinker. I've always thought that he could be a solid GM, very much yes. like a Steve Iserman, if mm-hmm. he he so chose to continue his hockey life. Obviously, those great players don't make very good coaches because they think and do things that others can't. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, that would be my second conversation too. talk to Sullivan, talk to Sidney Crosby. And, uh, you know, if Wayne Gretzky told you what his team needed, you sure as hell would listen. If Mario right. pulled you aside and said, I want a winger, I want a defenseman, you'd listen. And, and Sidney Crosby has earned that status uh, as well. So to that end, then, I thought it was interesting when we start to spin forward and talk about what the targets will be. We'll get to goaltending in a second because that sounds like it's going to be Dubas's first priority over the next two to three days. Um, but he talked about the top six. But it was interesting to me that despite saying the top six is very, very good. I mean, you've got the pieces in place there, right? Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, uh, Raquel, Rust, and then from there. He did mention the word supplement, and he did mention the salary cap position that they are in, which he called an, an advantageous one, I believe. They've got about $20 million in cap space, but some things to figure out in that regard as well. So it's not really probably a true $20 million. Um, do you suspect that when he sits down and asks Sidney Crosby, hey, Sid, what do you think we need for the top six, if anything? Is Sidney Crosby going to say, hey, go out and get X, Y, Z, or is Sidney Crosby going to say, just give me my guys on my wings who I trust and fill out the bottom six so that the, you know, the eight, the, the, the 12 minutes of forward ice time that we need to get out of guys in those, in that bottom six is not being eaten up by guys who can't handle it. I don't know what Sid would say. I, I think a bit of that would be driven by loyalty to Jake Gensel and, right. and Brian Rust in which a GM would have to maybe factor that, sort of loyalty in there was one little line that struck me and I'm probably parsing words maybe my old Toronto media day is coming coming back to haunt me when he said about the prospects we're going to acquire mm. I sat up a little bit for a moment when he's like oh, when he said I'm like oh they're going to acquire some prospects <laughs> let's um you know let, let's see what he what he does there because uh, I I think the, the Penguins have a, a surplus of, of top six talent that that probably could be moved, let's let's say, and and some prospects, some draft picks brought in, mm -hmm. some speed added to the lineup. You know, I don't know if Sid would say this or that for the top six or this or that for the, the bottom six. I think the obvious thing is that they obviously need depth speed through through that bottom six. Sure you can get by with an identity and the penguins don't have any identity in their lineup as a whole, but especially that bottom six, it's just, you know, it, it, it was meatball surgery for Mike Sullivan. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and I, I just wonder it's, it's you, you, we, we kind of latched on to opposite ends of this as we parse words from Kyle Dubas on Thursday afternoon, you make a great point about, acquiring young prospects i hear him talk about supplementing the top six and this again brings us full circle back to which way are you gonna go kyle are you really all in on now or how much of an eye can you cast to the future if you are all in on now he also talked about obviously the bottom six um we all know that's gonna be a work in progress that i don't think gets done in one season i, I think it's next to impossible to remake that entire bottom six in one season. I, you know, you, you've got guys like Paling and, and, and Nylander, who you mentioned, and O'Connor, who you can bring back and can kind of form 
the, I guess the, the, the pillars of the bottom six, maybe, but you, you, I don't know if you can remake the entire depth forward portion of your lineup in one off season. And then he mentioned the young defense and finding out what they're all about. That tells me in particular, POJ, um, Ty Smith, are you guys that can actually contribute every single night as fourth, fifth defenseman? Uh, because what are we keeping a Jan Ruda around for? What are we keeping uh, a Jeff Petrie around for if we can do better things, especially in Petrie's case, with that cap hit? So um, it, that tells me he's that if you can get younger while also getting better, maybe that's maybe that's the the if, if you're looking for one pathway rather than again trying to funnel into a million different directions. If you're Kyle Dubas, the pathway is. Let's get younger and better if that's possible. Yeah, uh, there, there are some very tough decisions, especially when you look at, at the blue line because of Petrie, of Ruda. Where do you see uh, POJ in a few years? I happen to think as he gets older, he's going to get more confident. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've often compared uh, PO to Zach Aston Reese in the sense that their biggest holdup was themselves. Yeah. And not seizing the, you know, the, the full potential within themselves because they, they viewed themselves in one way or, or didn't view themselves as potentially, I don't want to use the word great, but they, they didn't embrace their, their fullest potential. Um, and I view Joseph kind of in that, that same, that same vein where he's got the talent to be a top four defenseman every single night. We've seen him take the puck and just fly past people and, and create offense and then even go to the net and with whatever, you know, uh, his 180 pound frame can dish out, you know, do, do some battling. And I'd love to see him really embrace that sort of stuff. I, I'm not very bullish on, on Ty Smith. I don't think he has the speed. Uh, and, and I wonder if, if the defensive zone will just forever kind of dog him. So yeah, you, you start to, to look at that and look, I'm covering the Vegas golden Knights here simultaneously. It's why I'm in, in Vegas. It's not exactly a, a, a vacation and, and I'm watching what they're doing with their defense, Chris. And I think it's interesting to note, they said, screw it in terms of finding speed and, and high end, you know, offensive defensemen. Every single guy they've got on their blue line is at least six foot one, 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. Five of the six are like six foot two and three, 215, 220. You don't get near the Vegas Golden Knights net. Uh, yeah. and, and they've combined that with a heavy four check game that Mike Sullivan would love. So uh, I, I think there's, there's some lessons to learn around the league with that as well. Yeah. Can you be fast and heavy at the same time? It's uh, you it, have it, that duality. And look, I mean, they might have the Stanley Cup coming down Vegas Boulevard in a couple of weeks because they figured it out. Um, let me ask you this, then. Uh, despite anything else Kyle Dubas does this offseason, like I mentioned a moment ago, and as he mentioned, the first thing they've got to figure out is goaltending. He says he wants to get to know Tristan Jari a little bit, wants to talk to Mike Sullivan and Andy Kyoto about their evaluations of Tristan Jari. This has to be balanced against two different things. One is 
the goaltending free agent market is just bereft really of, of opportunity. If you're, if you're looking for a true number one, I, I Freddie Anderson is out there, but I, I what are you going to get a year or two out of him maybe? And that's still kind of a crapshoot to be honest. Um, and other than that, I, what is there on the free agent market? Um, and then there's the trade market, which is, yeah. The Winnipeg Jets have given no indications about what they would be willing to to take in return for Connor Hellebuck if that's something they want to do. But that's an expensive deal, both in resources, personnel, and a future contract if you're going to do it. Um, John Gibson might not necessarily be excited at the thought of coming to Pittsburgh, despite the fact that it's home for him. Because if things don't go well, well, scapegoat city, fairly or unfairly. Um, so really the best possible option, I can't believe I'm going to say this might be Tristan Jari on what amounts to a, a one year prove it deal. Well, let me give you some inside hockey dirt here. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. There is a change in thinking behind closed doors in much of the league. And I, I wrote about this a, a couple or, or a few weeks ago that more and more GMs and staffs are, are talking about going to more of a, tandem mm-hmm. a, a committee very much like vegas is doing uh you know I, I wrote before the deadline ron hexall needed to be calling vegas about aiden hill because at the time he was like their third goalie you know i i've i've kind of been a little bit of a fan of, of aiden hill and i told people in vegas when i got here why isn't this guy starting but they had you know laurent brassaw who was also a third and fourth goalie right in the winnipeg system you know so so they just grabbed five goalies and said, okay, whoever's healthy, whoever, whoever's playing, yeah, you, you get an NHL sweater for a while. <laughs> there there is this, this, this change in thinking where, you know, Carolina did it with Ranta yeah. and Anderson and, and Vegas and, uh, you know, to a lesser extent, Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they had Grubauer, of course, but they supplemented plenty of games uh, around Grubauer, as, as I recall. So, Unless I think the thinking is evolving to unless you have an elite number one goalie, we're talking Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, or you can get a number one guy on a bit of a bargain deal. Uh, You know, removing those two things, you want to go for a tandem. So you've got depth and you've got insurance and you probably save a few bucks that way. So. I actually think Tristan Jari will find himself getting a lot of tandem offers. I don't think Jari is going to get the seven million bucks, right? This million seven that we thought maybe two months ago, because of this change in thinking, because of the Golden Knights, Aiden Hill, Brassaw, Logan Thompson, and who the hell else am I forgetting out there? Um, you know, because there's like the six th- other guys. Yeah, you're, you're good. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're number one guys over in Sweden who may never come back. Yeah, Robin Lehner. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Uh, so that being said, it, it, and I, it's a great point you make about tandems becoming the thing. Um, Kyle Dubas, had, he thought, had built himself uh, a little bit oh, of a yeah, tandem yeah. uh, in, in Toronto. Uh, and another guy who just sort of accumulated goaltenders, right? Joseph Wall, uh, Matt Murray, obviously, Ilya Samsonov. And, and so if that's what he's looking at doing here, how, how then does uh, Tristan Jari figure into it? If he, if he is around for another year, again, let's say it's a one year prove it yeah. deal, but it's not as a, a number one starter. It's as maybe one, a to a one B supplement. Well, first step in that is we've got to be able to count on you for the 55 games that we actually want you to start 
we can't have you disappearing for two or three weeks because of an injury. And then our one B has to be more than just a one B or we can't rely on the rotation that we've built in our heads before we go out on a 10 day road trip out West or whatever it may be. Um, does it make sense to, to keep Casey DeSmith around as that one B does, do you move to Smith and uh, maybe look at the, the free agent market? Uh, there's a lot of different directions to go here, but maybe Dubas has laid a little bit of a blueprint for what he'd like to do based on what he did in Toronto the last year and a half. <laughs> you know, um, Casey DeSmith, I mean, f- sometimes familiarity, especially on the fans part does breed contempt. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the Smith's salary, compared to his standing in, in the game or you know his position he, he's quite a bargain i mean vegas had to sign this this troop of goalies to about two million dollar contracts so to have a legit backup goalie who can play your 30 35 games a year for what is it 1.7 1.8 that DeSmith smith makes you you know you, you you've got a guy i i think if if they do go that route with jari you need a third option in there too I mean, look, uh, his back, his knees, his hip, whatever, you know, all of the above, whatever it was last year that um, bedeviled Jari, that he couldn't get healthy, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. think back to, I think it was November, Chris, when Jari said, well, you know, I'm dealing with some injuries. It's it's, it's tough. And so we asked Mike Sullivan, oh, Jari's injured. He's like, no, he's not. Yeah. So, and then five weeks later, whether Mike Sullivan likes it or not, he actually is injured in Boston. So, and there you go. The season, the story of the season is written. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all of those things really come into, to play. And I'm curious to see what Dubas's analytics mind and and the department kind of comes up with for this situation, because you're not going to pay Tristan Jari a 636 contract. I mean, that would be foolhardy to, I think, level 10 at this point with everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm stumped a little bit to answer your question. Other than you, I think maybe you wrap your arms around several goalies and, and see what happens. So the, the way Dubas or one of the first things Dubas said to start this press conference, and we'll kind of uh, dismount on this note, was you can bet against Mike Sullivan or Sidney Crosby or Malkin and Latang if you want to, but I'm not going to. Um, what is, what is, what, you're in, you're in Las Vegas, Dan. I got to ask, what's the safe bet? Is the safe bet that Kyle Dubas helps lead this thing via Mike Sullivan and the big three back to one more deep run, if not a cup, if not a parade down the boulevard of the allies one more time, at the very least a deep run to a, conference championship and a trip to the Stanley cup final. Is that the safe bet or is the safe bet that Kyle Dubas comes in here, does everything he can to his fullest, his damnedest to try and accomplish that. But quite simply, father time is undefeated and he can't accomplish two goals at the same time and trying to get back to that point while still replenishing an entire organization. You know, I guess the negative is always the safe bet, right? It's always easier to say, no, it can't happen, and then be surprised when, when it does. I thought last year the, uh, the 22 playoffs was really their chance. Yeah. I mean, uh, I really the, the way they, they, they dominated the Rangers and just you know a, a cavalcade and avalanche of, of bad luck sort of unseated them. And 
I, there, there's there's some pieces missing, and and what happens this summer will, will really determine. I, I mean, you go for it, right? I have. I mean, listen, this is maybe pie in the sky uh, optimism on my part. I have to think if Dubas can in fact find depth speed, if nothing else, get a third line that can forecheck the daylights out of Washington, the Rangers, the Islanders, even the Devils. If you can flip the script and get on the forecheck rather than chasing the puck, which they did for the entire second half last year because of, you know, uh, I think a poor bottom six. If you can flip that script a little bit, get Sidney Crosby back in the offensive zone, handing the puck off to Evgeny Malkin on the attack. With uh, the talent, the wingers they have, suddenly they become a good team. Mm-hmm. Presumably, you know, someone who can stop the puck, too. I don't think a Stanley Cup is really possible. I don't see them beating like the Vegas Golden Knights this year or or even the Carolina Hurricanes in a conference final. But I do see them being able to beat everybody else in the Metro Division. So from there, I guess that would be a successful run, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you told me that that Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, after the way things went this year, were able to get to the conference finals uh, the following year, I, yeah, I'd consider that a su- success and would also lead us to believe that maybe the groundwork is laid to to make one more, like I said, one more good run before the three of them all decide to perhaps walk out the door together whenever that may be, uh, knowing that Crosby may be a, a Tom Brady of sorts and try to play till he's 45 and Chris Letang will be in better shape than I am right now for the rest of his life. Uh, and that Evgeny Malkin still love, still wants to have one more dance with that cup as well. It's going to be something to watch over the next four to six weeks or so and throughout the summer. Dan, thanks for taking some time while you're out there. Real quick, Stanley Cup final prediction since it gets started soon. Boy, I've been going back and forth on this. Florida has surprised me at every level. I thought Carolina would just knock them off the map with that man-to-man defense and, and how good Carolina has been. And for Florida to take them out like they did, I mean, that gives me pause, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it? You like, wow, yeah. these guys actually might be pretty good. I actually, I think this 10, 12 day layoff is going to cool Bobrovsky. Yeah. If that happens, Florida can't hang with Vegas. But if Bobrovsky comes into the cup final and plays as brilliantly as he's played, you're going to have a a seven game slobber knocker. And um, I have actually made a couple hundred bucks here in Vegas. I've stayed out of the casinos mostly. (laughs) <laughs> but I've bet on the Golden Knights in each of the game six they've won to win and the over because they were the underdogs in both game sixes. Right. So I, 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 I you know, I put my 20 bucks to good work. There you I go. I would probably do the same thing again if the Golden Knights get a chance to uh, to clinch. Uh, I, I see Florida kind of buckling. I don't think Florida has that um, has the heart of a lion. I, I, I think they're good, and I think Bobrovsky has gotten him here. But now you need something special to win it. Yeah, I, I see it in there, especially with, with Matthew Kachuk. But I, I question if, like you said, that much time off for a goaltender who's hot is never good. So I can't foresee it being a good thing for, for Sergei Bobrovsky as well. And I always one thing I always bet on is that playoff Bob is going to show up eventually. And playoff Bob can be an absolute disaster at times and you'd hate to think it would happen in the Stanley cup final, but after a week and a half of, you know, 
uh, light morning skates and not really uh, having much to do, heading out to Vegas against a team that's pretty hot and pretty buttoned up. Yeah, I, I could see that being trouble for the Florida Panthers. If if positive playoff Bob, the guy who showed up for the last five six weeks, yeah. shows up, then I do think I do think Florida could could surprise could surprise everybody and, and shock the world. But I'm not. I, I don't bet on playoff Bob. Playoff, no, no. Playoff Kachuk, I'll bet on a playoff Bob, not so much. Well, here's the problem with playoff Kachuk is he's going to have to get through six feet, you know, six feet three and 220 pounds of Vegas defensemen. The Redwoods, like you talked about. Yeah. Yeah, because they have gargoyles at each post. And he's going to have to get through one or both of those guys who are going to just dump him on his head and laugh as they do it. So it's going to be a fun battle to watch, but he's not going to be nearly as effective, I don't think. Well, Dan, thanks so much again for the time. I really do appreciate you celebrating Dubas Day with us. A Dubas to you and a Dubas to you all. Is uh, there it, a Dubas Day poll that we should celebrate with? Uh, no. It, well, what I did earlier was I just uh, jumped into the poll with all my clothes on. So that's mm-hmm. that I think should be, you know, it's summertime, right? It's it's warm pretty much everywhere in the country. So wherever you are as a Penguins fan, I don't care if it's a municipal poll and you got to jump the fence. Send the citation to me. No, send it to Dan. He's in Las Vegas. He's got the money. Send it to one of us and it, j- jump in a pool somewhere today with all your clothes on to celebrate Dubas Day. In all seriousness, thanks for all the great reporting, for all the insight. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final, and we'll catch up again soon. All right. Have fun, Chris. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great stuff from out in the desert on the Stanley Cup final from Dan Kangursky. And of course, on the entire Dubis watch saga that has now come to, I wouldn't even say a conclusion. I mean, I guess Dubis Watch has reached its conclusion, right? But as we celebrate Dubis Day, um, now what? That was just the first chapter, right? That was like the prologue. And now chapter one starts. How does Kyle Dubas attempt to rebuild the Pittsburgh Penguins while also competing for a Stanley Cup under Mike Sullivan with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang at the core? God bless him. If Look, he's he's going to do a better job than Ron Hextall. I can almost guarantee that flat out. Uh, but God bless him for taking on this task because it's not going to be an easy one. And it starts, well, it's starting now as you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube. He's got to immediately identify what's the plan going forward in goal and then out from there. The young defensive pieces we talked about, highlighted by POJ, and then out from there to the depth forwards. Can you get faster and younger and also better in those spots? And then to the top six, does he look to supplement that top six with something? Uh, that he might not already have something younger and faster and just as skilled as Crosby, Gensel, Malkin, Raquel, Rust, etc. Or does one of those guys have to get moved in order to bring in the young speed, the young heavy speed that Dan Kongersky talked about there? A lot's going to happen in the next few weeks and months. We will be here to keep you abreast of the situation. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
click on the little bell, the notification bell there. And as soon as new videos from 93.7 The Fan are available to you, including full episodes of Fifth Avenue Face-Off, you'll get notified. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts. I don't care where you get them. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, wherever it is, be sure to subscribe to Fifth Avenue Face-Off. Hopefully you're getting it inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, so that you get notified. As soon as you tap that little button up in the upper right-hand corner that says follow, you'll get notified as soon as new episodes are available, just like you were for this one. And keep it locked right here all summer as we uh, as we see where Dubas Day goes from here. It's a new era. It's Dubas time in Pittsburgh and right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.